Welcome to the Nature Connection podcast, dear listener. This podcast is for the wild people of Earth yearning to come home to nature and to themselves. In this podcast, we'll explore ways in which nature and ancient Earth skills can enrich modern life and how it can support our well-being and the regeneration of our planet. I am your host, Sanne Giesen, a Nature Connection ghost, herbalist and regenerative leadership guide with a background in psychology. With this podcast and my business, The Wild Roots Guide, I hope to support you on your journey to build resilience through deep nature connection and coming home to yourself and the more than human world. Welcome back to the Nature Connection podcast. Autumn is here, so make yourself cozy, grab your favorite tea or coffee while you're listening to today's episode. With breathwork and mindfulness coach and trainer Jeska van den Brink, we are diving into the wonderful tool of our breath, how it can help us to stay anchored in the present moment, and how it can even resolve trauma. If you're listening to this podcast while you're outdoors, this is your gentle reminder to leave one earbud or earbud out so you can hear the episode and the wonderful soothing sounds of nature. Let's dive in. Welcome so much to this podcast, Jiska. I'm so, so glad to have you here. We had the opportunity to meet each other in real life at one of your leaderships day last mm. year, and it was so wonderful. And I knew since then that I wanted to have you on this podcast as well so welcome thanks so much for having me <laughs> before we dive in can you tell us a little bit more about yourself your work maybe a little bit what inspired you to become a breath work and mindfulness coach and trainer was there like any particular moment that has led you on this path yeah for me I think there are several moments like together formed who I am at this moment, but also inspired me to do this work. And it's like two parts. It formed me, who I am now, but it's also what I do because it's all about who we are programmed when we are small. The things that our parents told us we are or we couldn't be, that we can be, we have to be less or have to be more or do less or do more. And for me, it formed me in a way that I was very perfectionism. Yeah. So because there was uh, more care for my brother in the family and at a, a, a different age also for my father, my my subconscious told me to not be an extra, extra person that needed care. So I always looked for ways to be good at my school things to not get a a five or less so that I, yeah, you know, get the attention about that. It made me strive even more every day, like get the best from myself and be more and be the best version of myself. That's very nice because it brought me where I am, but it also brought me to to my burnout. Uh, So like eight years ago, I got this burnout and for me, it showed in particularly one eye was like trimmer. And that for me at the end was like, okay, my, my body giving me signals. But before, when my body gave me signals, I was like explaining it with my head. And that's also something I learned from when I was smaller. When I felt emotions, my mother tried to help me by, you know, understanding it with my head. But in the end, I know now 
I, I don't need to understand. I just need to feel. I need to feel what it is, say yes to it in, in this fullness, and then I can work through it. That's what I do now. I mostly help entrepreneurs who have stress symptoms because of the high pressure they put on themselves. But of course, from when they were smaller, someone else did it for them, but they still doing it. In daily life, they need to be seen because there's something still in them that needs to be seen and they, they're doing it through their business now. So be more successful, be more, be more again, be more or get more, get more money or, uh, but in the end, it's all about fulfillment, feeling it, even if you have nothing, if you, if you don't achieve anything or have nothing. So we're going all the way back to those subconscious things that still holding you back or making sure you have those physical problems in your daily life. So that's why where I came from and also why it's so important for me to work with the traumas in your body and not trying to understand them with your mind because your mind always is trying to understand. And that's okay because that's what helps us to move forward and you cannot live without your mind. I always say I live with 20% with that part, working to goals and thinking about it and planning and all those things. But the bigger part is every day again, feeling. How do I feel today? What do I need? Really, if I feel good, is is the, the planning I had to think about, is it still correct with all the things I feel at this moment? And it's also, I, I worked a lot of years in um, physical health care. So uh, families, troubled families, uh, troubled children. And it, it was all the time I saw these children or, or parents coming back again with the same problems. Every time again, coming back, coming back. And we were every time giving them the same help again. And it was so frustrating at the end for me. So this was also a point for me that I wanted to explore more about how you work with uh, the physical body and the traumas instead of working with your head. Because for me, it's not the long-term solution to work like that. Your body needs to, to show it. Your body needs to work through it again. So that's who I am and what I do. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I think your story, I think it will feel familiar for a lot of listeners. Coming from backgrounds where you weren't able to fully express who you are, maybe you felt, especially if there was someone in your family who needed more care, more attention than you, it's very easy to put yourself on the backseat and try not causing too much of a problem, being too much of a burden. And it really leaves imprints that we take with us. I think every upbringing leaves imprints and that's that's mm. a good thing. But we need to become aware of those and it feels like you were able to translate so well what you were experiencing from hitting that rock bottom yourself into, hey, but these are the components that aren't working for me. I'm not listening to my body. I'm just rationalizing everything that I go through instead of just like what is happening. I'm really curious to hear because you have a lot of experience with breath work and you mentioned a couple of things that are rooted in the somatic, so more in the body. Can you 
take us a little bit down the path of how breadwork came into your life and how it can be a useful tool that we have at our hands at all Mm. times like what is the power of the breath and how can we use it for our own physical or mental health yeah for sure for me my my burnout brought me to the path of mindfulness and yeah, it helped me a lot, especially with the attention part. You know, I was always doing three things at one time. <laughs> I can remember one moment very well when I was working working with children and they were in youth care and they were in a closed environment. So it were really the, yeah, the, the aggressive uh, children who been through so many traumas in their life and I was in the small office and the children were on the group behind the glass and I was type typing the journal of the day and between my neck and my ear I was holding a phone because I was calling with the parent he called me I was still typing a little bit and I was at a point knocking on the window that some guys on the group had to be quiet or they were annoying each other I don't know and for me it was so normal everyone said women they can do multitasking right like men no they are not made for it but women they can do it and I was like yeah we can do that (laughs) and I felt so important you know when I look back we feel important because of doing that but no I couldn't do three times at once so that's what mindfulness taught me because the life is so much more beautiful if you focus very well on one thing be with all your senses there with your hearing with your sight with your 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 tasting everything so it brought me more quietness more peace more like more feeling in my body but i missed the part where like when you're meditating every morning it's nice you know you you feel it a little bit throughout the day you have more focus you have more attention throughout the day but if you don't do it it's almost already gone so i was looking for someone something that's also helping a little bit more for the the long term and that's what i found in the breath because when you do a breath exercise in the morning for your whole system it helps you throughout the day also with mindfulness, you can help uh, with your attention. If you do a little bit of a mindfulness exercise, you can use the breath, like moving away from thoughts or sounds. Okay, I go back to the breath. You can use it that way, but you can also use it by doing very easy tools. Only one breath already, it changes your state. I'm always very practical. So I was like, okay, nice. This is practical. You don't need any books or guidance or more more tools. You are the tool. For me, it was an instant, instant click with mindfulness. Like, okay, this was my missing link, especially on the part of trauma also. Because when we think about overwhelming situations and we cannot... We cannot give expression to the emotions at the moment because of our parents or because whatever. It goes into our system. And with breath work, you you work through it again. Um, So when you had this um, situation when you were three-year-olds, this intense situation and intense for three-year-old can already be your ice cream melting or falling down on the ground and you screaming and your parents tell you to stop screaming because it's just an ice cream so at that moment uh, you want to fight or flight but you will freeze 
So that's why breathwork helps you to move through it again, but with the eyes of the age you are now. So that makes it more soft. I had this intense 17, 18-year-old age with me, with my parent. My father had a depression a couple of times, maybe... He would end his life, maybe not. We were waiting at home, found his letter. And I always thought it was about those age and those situations who were overwhelming or all those people fighting in wars, like those very extreme things. But now I know it's for this society, they have more, more attention for the very extreme situations. But the smaller ones are very much deeper. All those times that you were drinking a coffee with a friend and you maybe wanted to cry, but you held it in because you are in public. All those kind of situations, they form you even more and they bring you more into freeze, freeze. Every time they say no, my feelings, I cannot show them because it's not the right timing, because something else is more important or because it's it's just vulnerable and that's why I was always doing it with my head and it helped a little bit you know talking about where you you went through or um, intense things is nice you know sharing is is healing also but for the long term it needs to get out of your body and that's why I like breathwork so much so it works on these different layers and it helps you to feel safe uh, from the inside that part helps throughout the rest of your life because if you want to continue working out or eat healthy if it's like externally focused or you don't feel worthy of doing it after a couple of weeks or months you will quit it again and, and you you feel like failure again but if you work on the inside first and move all those shit those baggage from the inside then at the end you will feel worthy and you will far more easily do all those things that are good for you. Making decisions for yourself. You really got an interesting view on prep work and I can imagine that it must have felt as a missing link because mm. it is of course like a really strong link to the body and like you expressed so beautifully helps to anchor you in your day, change your yeah. physiology. But also it can provide some like resolution to trauma because I can imagine people listening to this and like yeah <laughs> breathing can help me resolve like traumas I have and uh, traumas with a big t and a small t uh, yeah. as you were talking about is there an explanation you can share with us or is it just something you would say like experience it and see it for yourself mm. how would you answer this question yeah both both because for me sometimes it's still very hard to explain and it's sometimes even more magical it every time it's so magical that I cannot give it words you know and I think with breathwork there is this energetical part that's not always easy to describe but I think that the easiest way is that when you are sensitive and you enter a room and you feel there's tension or you answer uh, another family, you feel there's tension in the air and people are saying, no, no, we're okay. Also with breath work, it's about that part. You cannot always uh, see it or give it word, but you feel it instant. You feel an instant change. So that's why breath work is so magical because again, with entrepreneurs who want to achieve more and want to attract the, 
the uh, type of client, but they're saying, I, I'm doing all these strategic things that used to work, but it's not working anymore, or it's just not working. I, I am not making enough money or whatever it is. I'm not feeling rested. I, my head making over hours. That's all about those, those energetic part. The, the scientific part is about comparing it to animals. When animals fight, for example, ducks, they fight. And then after the fight, they will sometimes even shake for hours, shake it off. And when we have a funeral, for example, we will sit at a chair, maybe have a little tissue. Yeah. And then we're like softly crying, maybe, maybe a little bit louder, but make it very black, white. Like in Africa, they were they will scream, they will dance, they will after someone is, is dead. And that's where the two parts of breath work and working with trauma is all about. Because your body needs to uh, fight or flight. So once more, if it, it cannot do those things, it will freeze. So you need to end that cycle. So with breath work, you will go into the subconscious and go into memories. You go into traumas, only memories and traumas where you're ready for. I, I believe in that. Uh, if you really are anxious with working with traumas and it goes very slow, it goes the way you, you can handle it. I, I really believe in that, especially when you look for a, uh, for a coach or a therapist where you feel safe with. For me, it's easier than talking again with my head and going through all the situation. I just need to, you just need to lay down and breathe. <laughs> So for me, it's the simplest way to to see those things again, where you where you hold in your emotions, where you say no to the emotion, where you should have said yes, or say no to someone else instead of yes. So your body will go in a, in in the the fight or flight modus again, and so you can drop it literally. Mm -hmm. And it's not in your system anymore. So that's the more scientific way for me. So you have different types, of course, with breathwork also. You have the really extreme where you have to in extreme form of hyperventilation. For me, it can be very much softer because we're already in this society used of doing more and be stronger and be harder and do a little bit more. But you, I think less is more in this way by just, again, feeling what it needs. Sometimes it need a big breakthrough, you know, you need to yeah. go in hard. But I think most of the times it's, it is the simple and the, the, the relaxed forms like moving in there and finding the way to release. Yeah. This is why it helps to work with a practitioner who is used to working with the bread or with any kind of tool to assess whether you need that like mm. bigger push or when yeah. you actually yeah. need to take a step back because I think our society is gravitating towards big interventions well that's not always what's needed or best and no sometimes it is but especially you know with the perfectionism and like the, the the high the high standards we always want to do more or are working on the next step or the next thing it's more like getting into the moment and get into the softness and simply see everything like as it is in yourself. That that's you know that's healing. That's very healing. And uh, breath work in the form of trauma release is just 
a tool. At any moment, you can heal yourself by saying yes to what you feel. But breathwork as a tool and as a session can be helpful to get more used of doing it. So sometimes people, for for example, for my sessions are sort of waiting. Oh, yes, I can release something, but you can release it now. Don't wait for a session if you are already feeling something. Because it is about daily life and taking all the mirrors you get and just grabbing them and saying yes. And sometimes you say no, and then it comes back at another stage again, you know, and then whenever you're ready, you can say yes. I agree. It's, it's interesting to see because I think we lack the tools to release. Like you, mm. you painted this picture so vividly comparing an African funeral to like westernized funeral where there are just lacks whole kind. There lacks expression. There lacks movements. There lacks community. Even what I find really interesting about your explanation of how the breath work works is really about completing this wave of regulation that yeah. we go through yeah. um, because we were unable to do so at a certain point and then we get stuck yeah. in this wave and with breath work as you painted it's it's a tool to complete the wave of regulation so to yeah. so, to say and to move through whatever needs to be moved through actually whether this yeah. was the ice cream that fell down and you weren't validated mm. in your feelings by your parents or big trauma yeah. bullying yeah bullying when you were younger or an intense breakup or yeah when your parents were fighting over your head or there was violence in your youth you know there there's so many examples when felt something and you you didn't feel the space to to get it out of your system and that had been seen. I think it was um, uh, Nadja van Os mm -hmm. in her book, uh, Love Revolution. She writes about yeah. this. If we would just take an hour every day to sit with whatever is alive in our systems. Yeah. Please, five minutes, make it five. Commit yourself. And also in that part, yeah, that's a great example. Make it small yeah. and, and start with one thing. Because also there I see so many people are like, oh yeah, and I can do that and I can do that and that and that. And, that. and then it's, it's huge again. Yeah. Just commit yourself to one small thing. Like if you feel something, okay, just sit with it. What do I feel? Where do I feel it in my body? Can I stay with it? Or is it too intense? And do I want to move away? Okay, then move away a little bit. Go to your breath. And if you're ready, go to the feeling again. Can you feel if it's like staying or coming and going like a wave? You know, all those things. And then yeah. you can make it practical again because you can see that you are not your emotions. You are not your thoughts. You are not your body. You know, you can see it more like from the outside. If you would look from the outside to yourself, what do you see then? And which emotions? Those are great suggestions to see from a different perspective and also using the titration. So then see if you can connect to it. And then when it gets too intense, back off and yeah. do this little dance with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, That's great, great suggestion. So if you're listening to this and you struggle with big emotions, I think everyone does. Mm. Um See if you can practice this by sitting it. Where do you feel it in your body? As Jessica said, can you simply sit with it for a little bit? 
Yeah, and feel what you need. For example, I get triggered online also sometimes, you know, I still get triggered like, oh, they get all these clients and uh, and one client said no to me and, and, and I feel it instant, you know, I, I still get triggered. It's not like, oh, I did a lot of healing. So no, I get triggered. So for me, it's every time feeling what type of way to express it will help me this time and sometimes it's dancing or or singing with a with a really intense song you know like when my tears can come falling down and I will sing with the with the song or some people's like journaling you know they can just write they keep on writing all those thoughts and when you think there's no more you keep on writing so it's also about finding a way that suits you at this moment because maybe next week it will be something else again. But find a way that works for you and commit yourself to it. Uh, commit yourself for one or two weeks uh, and keep on doing it. And then you can tell yourself, does it work for me or not? Like, don't do it one day and then quit again. Like, it's for me, it's always about this duality of life. You know, you can use your head and use your intuition you need it both but also feel every time what you need but also commit you know we also need to commit to things because else we cannot find out if it really works for you and and when it gets too intense you can always decide to do a, a breathwork session or breathwork exercise mm -hmm. that calms your system down mm -hmm. when you really feel it's too overwhelming just calm yourself down the way it helps for you. There are a lot of breathwork exercises that can help you with that. But at the end, there's still an emotion that needs to be seen. So remember yourself to, to take a moment, maybe at another point of the day, to still sit with it and feel the way that works for you. That's such a great distinction that you make there. Sometimes in our daily lives, we don't have the opportunity to sit with the emotion whether you're at work or raising mm -hmm. children, yeah, you can always find a moment later to to sit with whatever is coming up for you. And also love your suggestion on finding the tools that work for you to enter this emotion, whether this is sitting with it, writing, drawing, mm. dancing. There are yeah. so many options. Well, you touched upon prep work as a way to regulate or to come back to a state of relaxation yeah i can imagine like the world desperately needs mm, more of this yeah or maybe you want to because we have time for this can you lead us through a short prep work practice that is that people can use to to feel a little bit more relaxed yeah of course yeah because mm. you were talking so nicely about you don't have time to express what's what wants to be seen, um, but you always have time to observe what is there and to connect with it because that that you can do in five seconds, like observe in the body, observe in your mind and observe your emotional state so that you you find these these moments throughout the day, the whole day to check in, start off your day. How do I feel this morning? And I think the start of the day is the most important part because I always say that the success of the start of the day, it will continue the rest of the day. So that's part one. If you don't do any of these things, we suggest start with when you wake up, not jump out of the bed and help the rest of the family or 
grab your phone later, tuning with your body. So that we can do a little bit, the tuning in, and then we can do, um, I will help you with the calming breath right now. So whenever you have time, please, if you're driving in the car, don't close your eyes, <laughs> but you can do the exercise. We will do the calming breath together. You can do it only if you do one breath, it will calm your system down. We will repeat it a couple of times. So you will start inhaling through your nose and try to move the, the breath to your belly, belly or the side ribs. There is so much more space, you know, and relax the shoulders. And when you breathe out, you will extend your exhale as long as you can. And you can do it by making this little small round with your lips, like if you're blowing out a candle. So you it helps you to regulate the breath out. So, and you can count your breath as well. Uh, I will count it for you, but it helps you already to extend the exhale twice uh, comparing to the inhale. So if you can do it, you can close your eyes. So relax for a little bit. For example, you feel a little bit anxiousness now or your head is like making over hours. Your head is so busy. You already noticed that with yourself. And you feel like slowing down. So you take one big inhale now. Hold it for a second, letting it go through your nose or your mouth. And then we start together. Or inhale now. One, two, three, four. Exhale for eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Inhale for four through your nose to your belly. Exhale for eight and make this little F sound with your lips like blowing a candle. Count to eight and then inhale for four again. Relax your face, relax your shoulders. And on the exhale, you will extend it. We do this two more times. Inhale, your belly and exhale, blowing out the candle. And if it helps you, you can keep on counting, but you don't have to. Just make your exhales as long as possible, maybe even 10 or 12 seconds. Last round. Inhale for four to your belly. Exhale as long as possible. And at the end of your exhale, you can hold your breath. Feel into your body. And whenever you feel the signal, the clear signal of your body to breathe in, you will breathe in. Observe again. So this is like the smallest exercise, but you can also 
do it one one time only. It helps you to observe at the beginning what's there in my mind at, at, at thoughts. Is it busy or quiet? How are my emotions? What what can I observe there? And how is my body, my breath? Then do this exercise and then again observe how are, what is what is there now? And can you feel afterwards? What do I need now? Such a powerful exercise of checking in at the start and at the end, but also in essence, it's really simply it's it's extending the exhale. And personally, I also really love the um, the stops, like at mm. the end, mm. um, because it, depending on the type of breath work, it can really be a moment where there are yeah. no thoughts at all. Yeah. I'm not sure how it works, but it's. And when you are pregnant or when you have heart problems, you know, you have to really be careful with the stops. I wouldn't suggest it or like when you're, especially when you're pregnant, I wouldn't do it or very, very short. And when you have heart problems, I would work, start working one-on-one with persons or when you have anxiety or panic attacks. I think the breath is the way to get rid of your panics and and anxiety but at the at the beginning it will only feel more intense and make it more intense so you once more work with someone where you feel safe and there are so many more exercises that that work on a deeper level where you will regulate so it will regulate with the stops you were also mentioning you have so many exercises where you you can rebalance your body with the breath. So it will help you throughout the day when you are a person who is always in your head or when you think about doing something, it will make you insecure. Then the breath will help you to feel more secure because that's also how it works. So it's once more, it's it's very practical. And if you work on the traumas as well, it will help you feel very, yeah, more stable. It offers so many entrance points of yeah. calming down the system, but also going yeah. through whatever you're yeah. going through. If you need more energized, you, you can use the breath. Because that's also a problem for us, that that your state of mind is not where where you want to be. Uh, if If your state of mind is like you have energy, but you need to sleep, you have a problem and the other way around as well if you feel sleepy but you need to be productive then you know so that's also where the breath helps you to um, if you feel anxiety or you feel too much energy but you need to sleep it will help you slow down but if you feel sleepy and you need to be productive it, it might be a signal that you just need to slow down <laughs> <laughs> but it might be also a signal that you have to rebalance those state of minds because you're, you know, in in the nights you won't, you don't sleep as act- effect- effective as you should uh, or you could. Yeah. So there you can use the breath as well. Oh, these are so so many wonderful examples, and I, yeah, it really makes me fall in love again with breath work mm. and how effective it can be. And you mentioned anxiety, and I used to have anxiety, and what helped me actually was. Uh, I've been doing yoga since I was 12 um, mm. and I practiced it in, in a class with a great teacher where you use this type of breath work where you kind of are hyperventilating 
I will probably mess up the name, so I'll leave them out. And what helped me was to go into this state of almost hyperventilation mm -hmm. and then yeah. lay after the practice, lay on my back and experience that my body was able to go back to this normal state of breathing again because I used to hyperventilate a lot due to the anxiety. And this was so powerful that we can we can go through depths with with our breath and especially if you do so with a practitioner who can really guide you safely through coming up where you're going yeah. through but that also if you give the body the opportunity it will go back to yeah. the state of yeah. balance and it's so powerful to experience especially if you suffer from i don't know anxiety depression grief burnout just if regain that trust in yourself that our bodies are designed to go back to balance mm. to come back to balance always yeah yeah and and most of the times it's like the anxiety for the anxiety that's keeping it all making it happen again you know so it's about feeling that it can go back to natural and at the end that you are always in control even though you don't feel in control, but you are and, and gaining that trust again, like you can hyperventilate, but you can still, you can still be the observer in that process as well, instead of being the person that's in hyperventilation, you can see that the body is giving those signals and, and your, your heart rate is going up and where you can feel it in your body instead of ah, my heart rate is going up, I maybe go into hyperventilation. I also work with a lot of people with anxiety, depression, hyperventilation, and you know the traumas are always there on the background so it's a big part of the solution to work with that in any form of therapy that will work you to get the, the the traumas out of your system and the other way is also just to when you are in a relaxed state to seek the the stress a little bit same with with the ice bath of course it's a regulated form of training with what does your breath do in stress situation there yeah Every time, all these types of layers, you you have to work on these different type of layers. You cannot just say, I'm working on this, this layer. Because if you really want to work to mental or physical problems and, and get rid of them and feel like the energized and enthusiastic and relaxed form of yourself again, you have to work on all these layers. And for me, hyperventilation uh, or anxiety is also emotions that are uh, on the, um, the horizon. Uh, they're almost there and they need to be seen. You can press them down again with, a, with, with the exercise we just did to regulate your system, but it, you don't need to use it as a tool at the end to, to just keep on regulating yourself because the emotions need to be seen as, as well. Regulate yourself, but please, if you feel something coming up, try to just say yes to what it is and be with that. You also mentioned whenever you feel regulated to move to seek stressors in yeah. a very, very safe way. 
this of course has shown to build resilience in the system because we learn our own responses too we are able better to regulate we gain trust of course in ourselves but can you share a little bit more about is or could look like and how it can help us or maybe even how you work with this yourself or maybe even in clients for me it's also about when you feel like you're in a in the lows of your life like you're yeah you don't feel like yeah you literally feel like shit you know you it's not the right timing to make big decisions and that's also about when your breath or your heart rate is really high and you feel like overwhelmed it's not the time to practice with uh, seeking for more stress uh, so when you're already in this stressful situation or you already feel that your your stress system is is uh, out of balance then really be careful with seeking more stressful situation like for example cold showering uh, intermittent fasting drinking coffee on empty stomach going into ice baths training in the morning when you're intermittent fasting they're all really nice way to be physical more healthy and and, and mentally also there i can recommend to everyone but please be aware that it has an an, another side as well it's also i think we started with this you know there are so many forms of breathwork where the shamanic or the the, it more and more and more and more retentions and but be aware of how is your stress regulation at this point is it already overwhelmed then please go back to nature first like uh, throw away all the the podcasts or books you're reading because it's all more input more more you need to calm down the system first and then at one point you want to build it up again you want to train yourself this the same way as uh, when you would start with CrossFit, for for me, example, I cannot press like 100 with the the, the chest. Uh, t- Nobody can, I think. When you just start, you have to train it and build it. So it works the same with this as well. You won't go into uh, a cold shower for three minutes to begin with. You start maybe with 20 seconds. It's enough. And regulate your breath. Um, and then the time after you use to rebalance the system again so not take the cold shower immediately take your coffee run to the office put a screen in front of your head and uh, eat your food behind your desk and take another coffee it are all stress stressful things for your body it will make you mentally very much stronger to go into the ice bath or take the cold shower or do the intermittent fasting you know, it will help you get more energized. It will help you get rid of all these shit that's in your body. And your body can can help itself, you know, by doing those things. But you, again, have to be careful because too much is not good. This is all where it's all about. And also thinking about a stressful situation in your life when you feel relaxed will help you. Just sitting again and thinking about this situation that gave you stress and then be observable, observing your mind, your body, your emotions by even thinking of it, what will happen. Great suggestions. And I love how you mentioned getting in tune with yourself 
so well that you know whenever you need the ice pad or can handle the ice pad and yeah. when you rather be very 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 gently gentle with yourself and I think this boils down to getting to know yourself when are you hiding and just kind of refusing to take the cold shower mm, um, yeah because I don't I love it when we when I get out of it not when yeah, I step yeah, under yeah. it it is all about becoming your best tool so you don't need all these protocols you know people ask me all the times I want to start cold showers or can I do the Wim Hof breathing every day it makes your life so much more easy if you get in tune with yourself because then you can feel what you need you don't need a how to raise my baby guidebook because you can feel what you need and what your baby needs and of course sometimes you just miss information and you will you will get it somewhere we are so used used to first get the information then try it but we forget the whole feel it just feel and and you and you can feel what is fear and just wants to move away because everyone will have fear as well but you can make you can, you can feel at the end what is fear and what is resilience where can i dive in and and seek a little bit out of my comfort zone when i feel relaxed and what is really not good for my body and is and is fear that i need to stay away for now and maybe some other points i can move in there as well you don't need a guidebook you know then you you are your your guidebook you can write yeah. your own guidebook i think that's such an important thing to mention to trust the intelligence that we have that we are born with and that society distracts us from and it can be amazing to read more about whatever the newest tools i love the uh, huberman lab podcast yeah. to, to get new ideas but then i just i often only implement the things that i naturally gravitate towards mm. and i really can see how your background in the more mindfulness realms really contributes to the way you approach breath work to first check in with yourself this is something yeah. that's really like a running rat trap throughout this conversation i think it's so important to to shed some light on it i'm really curious to hear because i think this can hold such valuable information what are the practices habits mindset that you do on a daily basis to stay connected to stay balanced to mm. feel your best Nice. I just wanted to ask the same question to you. I'm also <laughs> curious about yours. Um, I was doing this miracle morning practice uh, of an hour before I was pregnant. <laughs> and I really liked it then. You know, I was meditating, doing my yoga practice, doing the writing, uh, setting attentions, you know, the, the full miracle morning maybe you know it but and it helped me a lot in those days but now I also know it for me it's not worthy of uh, waking up at five and doing those whole practice for me it's in those small moments sometimes you know I wake up earlier um, the first thing I immediately open the curtains my boyfriend doesn't always like it, but it's. I open it. It will be around 7 then when my daughter is still sleeping or 6.30. Just let the light naturally come into your face. Those are already the small things, you know. 
And when my boyfriend is still sleeping, I just lay down. And sometimes I do the, the cycles of the Wim Hof and then the small variations where I do 30 times of, of more intense inhale, exhales, or just the connected breath work through the nose. And then I integrate the stops, do four rounds, and then it, yeah, it takes me half an hour. And then I will feel, you know, what do I need today? But it can also be just five breaths five calming breaths when I feel I need that or five especially when you know Uberman you do the cyclic sigh uh, it's a double inhale and the exhale through the mouth to rebalance your system again then I do just that or a little box breathing or or just feeling into my body I think that's a, that's my most valuable habit at the moment but at the end, I really understand now it's not about my yoga practice or my breathwork practice. It's, it's a nice, it's nice if I can do it, but the practice is throughout the whole day to stay connected with myself and in that connection, connect with other people. So it helps me more at the end of the day. If I connect the whole day with myself, I don't need to regulate as much as when I rush throughout the day. And at the end of the day, I feel, oh, I need my breathwork passion. <laughs> you know, I need my yoga class. Uh, it's nice that I can go to yoga, but I, I, it's nicer to already tune in all those little moments when I drink my coffee or drink my tea. When I, you know, like, for example, now when I end this podcast... Uh, I can answer a mail, but I can also just close the laptop, walk bare, barefoot outside, stand in the grass, maybe close my eyes or seek the sun five mm -hmm. minutes and then continue. Yeah. The, it's those small things that help me. It's those small moments that really count. And also starting the day, like you said, yeah. with something for you. Yeah. Whatever that is to, yeah. to make you feel good, not go for the phone, not do everything that needs to be done, chores, yeah. whatever. Yeah. The miracle mornings you mm. mentioned with the lifesaver. So that's silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribbing, which is journaling. It can be such wonderful practice just to include but like you said it's much more powerful to have these tools in that you can implement in your day whatever you need them really powerful and also uh, you mentioned uh, opening up the the curtains and mm. this is this is something i want to because daylight <laughs> is so important yeah. uh, it, this... it's easier to keep them shut and and like go on the other side again and maybe yeah. smooth a little bit more <laughs> but <laughs> it's better not to <laughs> it's better there are days for two um or we can just linger in back for a little longer and there are days when it's just better to uh, open up the curtains <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and you know when you, also when you have children and you you hear your your son or daughter screaming that it's very easy to just immediately step out of the bed but you can also you know shout i'm coming and take those five breaths and then step out of the bed yeah it's all about doing those things the whole day okay you can wait i regulate myself first and and when your children gets older it's it this is the best way you know to be the best example mommy's re regulating uh, herself now by taking a full breath i still hear you i'm here but your screaming makes me 
a little bit more overwhelmed. So I'm regulating myself first and then I will come to you. You can regulate yourself if you want, but you don't always need words. Okay, be quiet, you know, calm down. Yeah. Just calm the fuck yourself down. <laughs> yeah. First, yeah. Children don't care so much about what we say, but they care what we do. So this is such a, especially if you have kids. Um, hats off to you, uh, by the way. <laughs> um, but this is such such an important thing because I think parental burnout is a real thing. So take... Or if you have a, a partner who has a burnout or depression, I speak a to a lot of women who have a partner who's having all these kind of problems and that's intense as well but yeah the best advice is always take care of yourself first and hopefully you will help the other with it as well but i think it works like that for you what is your uh, go-to <laughs> habit at the moment my go-to habit, what is really vital for me is to, uh, especially now the days are getting shorter, is to make sure that I get enough, enough daylight. So first thing in the morning, I go outside and I just be there with my barefoots on the ground. Whether this is intentionally like a more sit spot or a meditation practice, or if I have my, my tea there. It's just something I deliberately make room for. Mm. And also movement um because i know how easy especially for me how easy it is to forget this but it makes me f feel so good whenever i do move my body yes. um so this is something i include in there and as moving well. is walking for you or dancing or like it can it can be gym. it can have multiple forms i do check in what is it that my body needs right now is it simple stretching is it balancing is it walking running is it more natural movement um so i combine those things i don't go to the gym i'm we have if you have a garden that's an incredible workout <laughs> um if if you have running shoes or you have trees where you can climb in I'm, I'm definitely more of a natural movement type of person there are of course are benefits to the gym and i've been there in the past but i i like to have my um to get my movement in in a natural mm. way and yeah that's that's really beneficial um, for my for my physical health but me, yeah. maybe even more for my mental yeah, health for sure i can imagine you so. got the listeners very excited for breath work for mindfulness mm. for being more in tune to yourself and I wonder if you have any recommendations for listeners like podcasts or books or tools you really like and want to share with them. Yeah, for the Dutch listeners, you can find my um, podcast as well, Mindful Navigeren. But Mindful Navigeren is, is all about the balance, like being happy with where you are and being in the moment, but also have your ambition and go to the fullest version of yourself and that balance. And Huberman, you said, I really like him. Yeah, sometimes it's it's a little bit too much in detail for me. And what helps for me before like taking in too much information again is also about setting an intention maybe for each month. Okay, where do I want to learn about? So for me, it was about uh, trauma. 
last last month. So I was working the, the through the books of uh, Gabor Mate. I really like that as well because it's all about uh, the stress system. That's yeah, all the 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 signs you cannot always see, but it's it's going back to how you're programmed as being little. The molecule of more. I think it. This is also about. We always want to read more or do more or yeah, learning about that. Yeah, um, dopamine. That that's a completely different subject. Yeah, we could do a whole different podcast on. It's really interesting. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you mentioned love revolution, but it's this is this is my vision as well. She wrote it in a perfect book. The combination of healing and being mindful and being just feeling feeling what you need. Uh, the Fontaine. It's also for the Dutch readers, but it's all about the system you grow up in and the the relationship with your parents. And sometimes we can be uh, like the other way around, especially when you have uh, the caretaker role when you were little and you had a parent like me with a depression or a brother with some form of, yeah, whatever it is, uh, extra care. Naturally, we will take the place above them and take care of them. And the Fontaine is all about stepping back in your own space so it can literally your energy can flow again so that's why I also like working with with the breath and systemic work because for me it goes hand in hand Mm -hmm. so books about uh, like the Fontaine from Elstein but it's also a Dutch book but you will have it in English as well so yeah for me it's more about tuning in where do I want to learn about um, this season or is it just integrating more stillness and making contact with with my inner world again because that's also a very good intention and just saying no to all the nice books you have for just for just one month and just keep on feeling and when you're walking outside don't listen to podcasts but just walk then you will eventually have more space to get more input again or you get more contact with all the information that is already there we we forget how many nice information or uh, creativity or ideas are already in the mind great suggestions and great reminder to first check in with yourself Again, I will include all the titles you mentioned in in the show notes. Mm. And yeah, definitely, if you're interested in Yiska's work, check out her podcast, Mindful Navigator. It's amazing. How can people say hi to you? Where can they find you? How can they work with you? Come to Bali. (laughs) I'm going there beginning of (laughs) December for three months. So maybe if you're in Bali, then uh, it's nice to connect. Yeah, I'm uh, mostly active on Instagram. So it's just my full name, Jiska van den Brink. There I will share about routines, um, healing, breathwork and mindfulness. And for entrepreneurs uh, that are Dutch, I have these events. Well, the next event is on 13th of October. It's in the middle of the country in Holland. And it will be about biohacking, dopamine, breathwork. And uh, as an entrepreneur, setting a more stable foundation so you can grow from that. And uh, when I get back from Bali, I have space again to work one-on-one. But for now, uh, I don't. You're taking a a little bit of a leave to um, to recharge yourself. But yeah, yeah, definitely if you are an entrepreneur and are curious about Yiska's business days, leadership days, definitely do them. I was there last year and it was, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with podcasts, you know, at the end, just feel what do I want to take from this and make it small because you will have a lot of new ideas maybe or a lot of input and you're like, oh, I want to do this or this. Just pick one thing and, and go for that. Uh, it's it's so much more easy to contain habits when you make it small, you stick to it and then add, add something else instead of choosing too much and get overwhelmed. So that's just the last thing. That's a great note to end this podcast with to mm-hmm. If you learn something from this podcast or want to pick up multiple things, choose one that speaks mm-hmm. most to you and, and make it small and not be an overload to your to your system. You have enough of that. Jeska, thank you so mm, much for thank you being... for your nice questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your wonderful view on breath work, life, mindfulness, trauma. I, this was a really nourishing inspiring episode so um thank you so so much thank you dear listener thank you so much for listening to this episode if you are interested in yiska's work please do make sure to check her out on instagram um say hi to her there and we'll see you in the next episode